Ciao ragazzi and welcome to the review della Madonnina of Serie Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm a very happy Frank Crivello and my co-host, a very happy Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. It's a uh, celebration mood tonight, right? So he's going to get some uh, champagne going, you know, so no, it's a celebration mood tonight, you know? Yes. So I wasn't sure I was going to get to pop this tonight, but I, nonetheless, how are you tonight? I, I'm I'm just trying to figure out what I should mix with my uh, 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 what my 7-Up should be mixed with. Do I go with the Knob Creek or do I go with the Woodford? That's a good that's a good that's a good choice. Uh, Woodford, I'm going to go with Woodford. All right, Woodford, it is. Yeah. So we'll make that as we'll make that as we go. Richard is rocking. Is that the the jersey worn by the last Milan team to be in the Champions League? Uh, no, but it's uh, the last time they won. This is uh, Kaká's jersey when uh, they won that year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So. I, have my, uh, I have my white one uh, somewhere, which is the color that they actually wore on the night of the final. Okay. So, Well, cheers uh, to a good show tonight. Salute. Salute. Ching, ching. Celebrating Caledy not going to City B, George. <laughs> congratulations. I, again, George shows up once Caledy is safe, right? That's right. That's right. Mm. That's right. Oh, we, are, so. uh, we are in a celebratory mood as uh, this is a Serie A podcast. We're not going to make this all about Milan, although at any moment, Richard and I can just go ahead and do it. Um, but, you <laughs> know, we are uh, we are uh, we are happy. I mean, as, as Milan's Milan fans around the world are celebrating seven years of despair, disappointment, frustration, <laughs> banter era, whatever you want to call it. They are back in the Champions League. Juventus. Uh, on the last day, grabs their Champions League place. And really, I, I, I mean this. I said this on Twitter. I'm as happy as I am for Milan. Uh, I'm, I'm gutted for Napoli in this. It was, we've got many Napoli friends. They listen sure, to the podcast. Sure. They support us. They went on an amazing run here to close out the season. I thought with the run that they had that they were a cinch for top four. Um, and then just it goes to show you, Richard, you got to play the games. And, um, you, you know, you got to be able to you got to be able to close it out in a very – you know, much like Calgary was very pesky and stubborn to Milan, Hellas Verona was very pesky and stubborn to Napoli today. Yeah, you know, of the three teams vying for the Champions League spot today, I thought Napoli was a shoo-in. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe Bologna could do something with with Juventus, and you know, Atalanta is Atalanta. So, um, but yeah, it's a surprise all the way around. Uh, Hellas showed up. You know, they, we thought they were on vacation. They had been up until this point. Yep. And they decided to be party poopers, and uh, yeah, got it for them, but. Uh, you know, um, this two two games in a row now, Pirlo got it right. So, you know, kudos to him and got to take a hat off for the the work his team's done in the last two games. So, yep, yep, indeed. So we're gonna we're gonna go in a little bit more in depth here uh, on these uh, three games for you uh, as as part of our wrap up. But we're all about putting the uh, putting a bow on the 2020-2021 season. Uh, it did not disappoint. Uh, much to talk about. There's a new champion. Um, yeah. Hey, it's not over yet. Juve are still in Super League, which means Napoli has a chance. That's <laughs> true. That is true. All right. I, I got sidetracked by that. But um, we're going to break down what happened in, in these three games, probably less so the Juve-Bologna game. That game ended up being pretty straightforward. Um, and then uh, we're going to get into 
our teams of the season. We're going to get into our crap on a cracker 11, which we are going to put together as we speak on this podcast. Uh, I, I have to confess to you, we did not put any time whatsoever into this, but I don't think it's going to be hard to dig up 11 players who played and prove that they were terrible. So uh, we're not going to have a problem putting that together. We did have uh, some brief discussion about our team of the season, how we're selecting it, and so on and so forth. And um, we did not have much debate. Uh, on the 11 that we ended up picking. And yeah. then, brace yourself, we're going to be busy with uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter with the tweet of the season, the 2020-2021 season. Uh, we're going to look at all of the tweets uh, that won. You had to have won to be uh, eligible uh, for tweet of the season. Are we going to do anything for the uh, grand champion here, Richard? Or just Maybe, kind of... yeah, we'll see. Yeah, why not? Why not? It's the end of the season. Uh, let's end it on a good note, right? Um... Yep. Shoot, uh, the, the winner champion just got his award the other day. So uh, depending yep. on where you are in the world and when you won, uh, it may take you a while to get there. But, you know, it does it does happen. So uh, Yeah, you'll have to wait about six months. Um, yeah. We're a little, you know, the, the Pony Express and whatnot. So <laughs> um, as Jim Carrey said, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is a chance. So salute to everybody. It's been a uh, remarkable uh, season. It's been uh, it, it's been thrilling. It's been entertaining. Uh, certainly, the uh, the teams didn't deprive us of the goals of the incidents. And uh, you know, considering everything that's been going on in the world, and considering the pandemic and and all of this other stuff, to be able to get through this season in full um, is a real achievement. And uh, I want to say congratulations to all twenty clubs uh, to to Serie A for uh, you know being able to pull it off because I think that these these folks that are working behind the scenes to make these leagues happen will tell you that it's a lot harder uh, than it looks. So, um, you know, so well done to them. Uh, I'm giving kudos to Serie A, and I haven't even taken a sip of this yet. So, yeah, while, while we're in celebratory mood and you're giving credit to Serie A, you know, Serie A continues to be one of the leading leagues in terms of VAR, at least. It's yep. one of the leagues that gets it right majority of the time. I know England's having a, a crap fest right now. with uh, They're still in the early stages of their VAR, but, you know, Serie A continues to do very well. It uh, doesn't get it right all the time, but it gets it right majority of the time, I think. So, you know, some kudos should get to City uh, every now and then. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about these games, Richard. Uh, Atalanta and Milan obviously was the pick of them. Um, and uh, Milan winning two goals to nil, two Frank Kessie penalties, first half uh, on one of Milan's very few. We talked about this after the game. Um Milan had maybe three good attacking moves the whole game, um, you know, and then the rest of it when they got possession was hit and hope trying to see if Leal could get behind the defenders. Um, this was one of the good ones where uh, Teo combined with a midfielder, got the ball, and then combined again with Salamakers, got played into the penalty area. Um, Mela comes in behind, catches Teo's back leg before Mela and I believe it was Romero collided. Yeah. And that's where Gasparini was upset. He said it was a collision between my two two men. Teo wasn't in, you know, Teo wasn't involved in that. But when you take a look at it, and um the pundit actually was also very spot on what he said. So if, if Teo didn't go to ground early, then Romero clatters into him. So either way, a penalty is going to get called here. Um and Kessie steps up, puts Milan ahead one nil at halftime, you know, really against the run of play and really against the script. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we knew in this game, that's going to be Atalanta heavy in terms of possession. Uh, and, they, and they were, and, and Milan, I think did well structurally defensively to 
mitigate some of the big big problems, big opportunities. And you know, Atalanta had some chances, but I didn't I didn't see too many dangerous chances by Atalanta. Though they had the lion's share of the opportunities, uh, possession, as I mentioned. Um, you know, Milan came down one time in that first half, and uh, that one time they got a penalty, and and and, that, and it was a legit penalty, I think. Yep. Um, and so yeah, you know, Atalanta, you, you felt that they were on the precipice of scoring all game long. You felt that way, but you know, Milan, you know, Kiar stood tall and Kessie, Kessie had a big game as well. Salamakers defensively as well. And uh, the team, you know, structurally kept the big, big shots away. Um, yep. At times, Muriel, when he came on, he had his opportunities, but uh, yeah, Milan, um, or I should say Atalanta, surprised they didn't get goals. They're, they're getting close, but uh, not, not good enough, I guess. For all of the possession Atalanta had in this game, I mean, Donnarumma was really never troubled. I mean, he looked comfortable all game, was never called in. I mean, the one uh, the one shot on target that Atalanta had was a Malinowski chance in the second half that was right an him. easy one for Donnarumma. I mean, uh, you know, Donnarumma had it comfortable, and I think that that's a credit to the performance of the players in front of them. I think the back four was phenomenal. Uh, Simon Kiar and, and Picayo Tomori, obviously, uh, you know, doing the work at the center back positions. But I also thought um, the performance of this midfield, uh, you know, starting with Benacer and Kessie, the, the, the double pivot that Milan fans love. Um, I mean, Kessie, clearly the man of the match in this game, uh, not just because of the two penalties, but I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Um, I thought that he not only won tackles, I thought he did a great job supporting. I thought his, his, you know, his coverage all over the pitch was outstanding. Um, you know, I think that he did everything that you want a, a defensive midfielder to do. The box to box work from him was, was just next level. That's what you want from that position. And he delivered it. Um, and you could even see that he had the energy to go forward, um, you know, and try to get involved in the attack. He wouldn't sit home. Um, and then when Pioli made the adjustments, I mean, I'll be honest, the Mete substitution scared me. Um, I mean, the guy is a wind sprinter when he's out there, fine. But when he gets the ball, you cringe. He can't pass, you know, there's times where it, when he can't even pass the ball five yards. But it was his ball playing through to Rafael Leao. And I had to do a double take to see who played it, and it was it was it was Mete and and Leal with the chip that hits the post and goes out. At that moment, let's talk about that chance, Richard, because I I, I liken this to last you know two Sundays ago against Juve, when um, Kessie missed the penalty. And I, I'm I'm the I'm the uh, seven year suffering Milan fan saying, oh boy, that we needed that. This isn't going to end well. And now the layout chance hitting the post. Uh, oh boy, we needed that. This might not end well. I, I was that was that what you were thinking when that ball hit the post? Yeah, I certainly was. I was like, oh no, that you know, we know so many times in football that uh, you know when you miss your opportunities, the other team tends to come back and score a goal. Uh, when that happened, and then also later on when uh, Teo Hernandez went marauding down the field, lost the ball, and I'm like, okay, he's way out of position. They're going to come back and counter score a goal, but um, you know. I'm not going to fight you on, on Kessie being the man of the match. I thought he, he played brilliantly. Uh, Kiara I thought was also brilliant. Um, not enough kudos to go into Salamakers as well. I thought his work rate was unbelievable. Uh, and Salamakers yeah. came out because he got tired. Yep. I mean, he just he, he ran his socks off. off. But, yeah, no, that, 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 that play where, where Liao missed it, I, I for sure thought they were going to come back and, and, and it was going to bite Milan. And, um, yep. you know, to Milan's fortune, it didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, tense moments for sure yep. for neutrals and uh, for Milan and Atalanta fans. So that was the second 
great attacking move that Milan had in this game. The third one came from Dallo in a moment where I think everybody, everybody in red and black around the world was screaming, asshole, go to the corner. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, he puts the ball across, and then I believe it was with it to Chalinolu, and then he strikes it, and it's a handball in the penalty area, and we get a penalty on it. And all of a sudden, we're just all of us. At that moment, I forgot that Dallow was even the one that crossed it, and I wasn't mad at him anymore. Yeah, we got to see a, a late, late game showing of Chalinolu, right? Uh, he caused a penalty, which is great. Yep. Um, and then uh, I couldn't watch the second penalty either because you know, first one's going to be hard enough as it is. Kessie missed one recently, and then you know, chances that you make two in a game is very rare as well. So, and he yep. got that too. So, um, yeah, two nothing. Big win for Milan. Um, you, I think you and Milano Miguel are probably the only ones who are really saying they're going to win. Um, I knew I'm it. The, usually I'm the optimistic one, right? And so I was, I guess, uh, going on the pessimistic side, and uh, it worked, right? <laughs> the chicks worked. <laughs> here's, here's, what they had, here's what they had going for them. I mean, first of all, and I, and I can't remember where I read this because I really want to credit the source that I read it from. The best domestic form, domestic away form, uh, of any team of the five big leagues in Europe is Milan. Even so better than United? Even better than United, yep. So that's step one. And that's crazy because United was pretty darn good too. Yeah. Um, that's step one. Uh, step two, this is Atalanta's fifth game in 14 days, no matter how much Gasparini rotated, including <laughs> playing a very tense Coppa Italia final and now having to all of a sudden see to get, get up and be spoiler. And then finally... You know, lost in all of the disappointment that Milan fans had with the Cagliari game was the fact that Milan were coming into this game with four straight clean sheets and and defensively very organized, really not giving anybody they played anything easy. So if there was a team that was going to pull off keeping the other team out um, at this point in the season, it was going to be Milan. And now a fifth consecutive clean sheet, uh, you know, to close it out, I mean... There's all this controversy with Donnarumma, all right? And there's all this talk about, is he going to stay? I, I think he's going to – I mean, evidence by how he's performing. I mean, the two big saves he had against Cagliari, um, he's got to be staying. Uh, I can't see any other – and I think a lot of what's going on right now is Raiola just leveraging and doing his job as an agent that everybody's just overreacting to. But, you know, you don't close out your time at Milan with – five consecutive clean sheets and decide, yeah, I, I'm done here. I, I, I can't see that. I think that, you know, his performances, the performances of, the, the, of this team's defense, which was a little bit maligned at some point, um, at, at certain points of the season, finally came together and was the reason that, a big, big reason that Milan are now back in the Champions League for the first time in seven years. Yeah, and you, you got to pay the man whatever he wants. Now that you make in Champions League next year, and now they're in the second spot, so they make, they got more money than we anticipated. Uh, they should be able to afford him, um, and so give him whatever he wants. You know, what, use whatever money you're going to use for Chalinolu and add that in, for Donnarumma, and yeah. pay him pay him whatever he wants. Twenty million a season, whatever. Yep. Uh, I think he deserves it. Yep. Yep. Um, so Milan getting the win over Atalanta. Um, Juve also qualify through a 4-1 win over a Bologna team that didn't even show up. Um, I mean, you could, I mean, well, I mean, to their credit, they did get a goal at the end. Orsolini in the 85th minute, getting one on his former employer. Um, Chiesa, six minutes in. uh, Morata with a brace in minute 29 and 47. And then Rabio in the 45th. I mean, 
I think this was the inevitable result. We knew that Juve was going to beat a Bologna team that was just not going to be invested. There was nothing to play for. They're 12th um, and, you know, not going any higher up. Definitely not going down. Um, you know, so. Part of me was hoping that Bologna would, would step up and make it difficult, uh, make it really dramatic in the last day of the season. Not that it wasn't. Um, and also with the words that Mihalovic had during leading up to this game, he said, like, he called who the referees were going to be in that game. He's like, I, just, I know how this thing works. You know, these referees are going to show up and they're going to tell this game, you know, the whole script. And so I thought he was going to be fired up for it, but they weren't. Uh, but, you know, full credit's got to go to Ju- to Juventus, like I mentioned earlier. Pirlo got it right two games in a row. I mean, spot on with the Atalanta game and the, the Coppa Italia. And then this game, I thought uh, he did what he had to. Uh, I thought he had big balls, you know, not starting Ronaldo. Rumors, some of the rumors were that Ronaldo was tired. He wasn't uh, tired. I, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I forget who it, who said it. Uh, maybe it was Daniel Lucic or I forget who. But um, they said that, you know, when Ronaldo doesn't play, they tend to be a more a better team. They, they're more yeah. flowing. It looks like they know what they're doing. Chiesa's, you know, excellent. Morato's certainly a, a fine at being a striker. Uh, so, yeah, they look good. They look good today and uh, four legit goals. And, um, yeah, congratulations to them. Yep. Yep. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about this game. It was Dybala a, on his uh, assist. It would have been a goal, but Morata scored the first one. Uh, sure. Brilliant. Sure. Yeah, definitely well done there. Um, you know, I, I, Chiesa coming through again and scoring. Uh, you know, what else is new? The, the, the Just the job he's done this season, especially in the second half of the season for Juve. He's really found his place in that team. Um, just was, was a curious team selection, and I think this might speak to um, – you know, he left McKenney and Arthur on the bench, and he deputized Danilo as a center mid. Uh, that was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, he made it work. Uh, so, so you know, let's talk about Juve here. Let's talk about a couple things with them. And we'll start with Pirlo and then follow up with Ronaldo, okay? I would say, you know, let's assess Pirlo's uh, performance as Juventus manager in first season. Um there were times I think where he made some real genius decisions. And then there were some times that were just borderline insanity. My gosh, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> you know, I think I, I, he's not found a medium. I think it's one extreme or another and Juve daily could probably help us out with this, but I find it to be one extreme or another with Pirlo. He either absolutely nails it or he absolutely gets it wrong. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I think so, and I don't know if he is overthinking it, not thinking it enough. I'm not sure what it is. Um, clearly, with the last two games of the season, he got a spot on. Um, and two, arguably the most difficult game. Well, not not the last game, but you know the game against Copital against Atalanta. That's a difficult game, right? Atalanta is a difficult opponent to measure up with, um, and they they look they looked the apart. Um, yeah, you know there are moments where we were like, "This is that's a brilliant move." Why? Like you you you, you question the move that he makes, and you're like, "That's genius. It worked out." Like, wow. And other times, it doesn't work. And, you know, him being a young guy, young manager, I should say, a new manager, uh, trying to feel his way in this team, what works, what doesn't work, trying different players, mm-hmm. um, it's not always going to work, right? right? I'm sure it didn't work, you know, wonder, or maybe Guardiola when he, his first year with, you know, Messi and them. But uh, for most part, you know, new, new managers, they tend not to get everything right. Uh, right. And so you knew there's going to be some ups and downs. Uh, overall, I didn't think it was as bad as people were, were, were making it out to be. The, t- the players didn't perform as well as they could have a lot of the time. Sure. And some of that is the manager not putting the right pieces out there, right? But I sure. think overall, he, he's done a pretty good job, and he deserves to stay the job next year. Will that happen? I don't know, but I think yep. he deserves it. Yep. 
Yep. And by all accounts, I, I haven't seen anything to the contrary, but I believe that he is going to get another year. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what unfolds with that. The team that uh, and now to the team that oh Ronaldo. Uh, oh, before yeah. we get to Napoli, I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's an achievement. Uh, I don't think anyone else has done it. Capo uh, Cananieri in Serie A this year, third time's a charm, I guess. Um, but now, Capo, you know, scoring titles in Italy, uh, Spain, and England. I don't think anybody else has done that in their career. No, no, that's it's it's amazing stuff. Uh, almost got thirty goals this year, right? He just fell short. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, he's it's no argument. He is one of the greatest players of all time. He is yep. um, him and him and Messi. Just what they've been able to do with you know just the sheer amount of goals they've been able to score in their careers, and you know. Ronaldo, Messi does in one place. Ronaldo's been doing it everywhere he went. Um, yep. Both fantastic players. I mean, even at his ripe old age of 34, he's still getting it done. I mean, <laughs> 34 goals, nothing to slouch about. So, uh, yeah. Um, again, impressive work by him, and especially just just the fact that he led you know led the title, won the won the scoring title in three different countries, three different leagues. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yep, yep indeed. Um, I is this the time to move on from him? No, I mean after I mean. Let's let's take the performance today with a grain of salt because this was a Bologna team that just sure. kind of mailed it in. Sure. Um, you know, ciao, David. Um, you you made the you alluded to the comment, and you know, some of the Juve guys that we talked to say, hey, they they look to be more cohesive without Ronaldo out there. They're not so Ronaldo dependent, and they all figure out their own way. Okay. <sighs> And I, I have been saying this multiple times. I've been saying it on this podcast. I've been saying it on on on, on Alex Donald's radio show. I said, I, I think you just move. I think you move on. Um, as I, I think that, you know, Juve. In my, it's my opinion. They've gotten the revenue and and then some from having Ronaldo in their team. Um, but if you have an ambition to win this Scudetto again next season. If you have an ambition to win the Champions League, <clears throat> yeah, you're slamming that man. It's <laughs> a good night, man. Yeah, um, get drunk. There you go. Um, you're probably a happy drunk, aren't you? Yes, happy, and, okay. and then they get quiet. <laughs> so it might be all you tonight. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, let me, back to my point. Um, <laughs> it's my opinion that this is the time to cash in on them. Okay, whatever you can get for a player that's in his mid thirties now, and you know might have, given the shape that he's in, might have a couple good seasons still to give, um, and focus on building this Juventus team the right way, and using that money to reinforce the squad to be able to compete on multiple fronts. Because I think that that. I think that the presence of Ronaldo, while it's generating a lot of revenue, it's generating a lot of attention, ratings, whatever you want to say. Um, there's a, you know, this is a huge, the Juve, this Juve team, there's a lack of competitive balance with them. Um, and it showed up this year. Um, it maybe should have showed up in the previous two seasons. It certainly did in the Champions League going out to, you know, maybe not inferior competition, but clubs that are from leagues that are maybe not at the, not at the level of Serie A. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm getting long winded here, but I would, do you agree with me on this or what's your take on Ronaldo? Does Juve give him one more season here or do they, 
or, or, or should they be focusing on strengthening their squad to compete on multiple fronts? Yeah, I mean, you, you listen to Juventini, and I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, they look they look so much better, more fluid today without Ronaldo. But you also got to look at the, on the flip side, right? Where would they be without his twenty nine goals? Who right. would have scored those goals? Would they have scored goals? You know, uh, he his impact was was there, whether you want to admit it or not. Now, does sure. the team flow as well or not? Uh, to be determined. Um, you know, and also we also have that. You know, as David mentions uh, the whole Super League thing. You know, will they get punished for it? Um, I think their their best chance now is I think he's run his course about what he's going to do and he can do. <coughs> excuse me, at uh, at Juventus, time to let let him go. I mean, we see what the team can do at times without him this year. Um, you know, sell him, use that money to bring in reinforcements, like you said, compete on multiple fronts. Uh, this is the time to do it. Because uh, you do another year, you may not get as much money for him. He may not be in as great shape. Maybe he gets an injury, and then you really can't sell him for that much money. Um, they've gotten plenty of revenue from these past couple seasons with him. Um, gotten a whole bunch of new fans because of Ronaldo. So, uh, yeah, I think this is the time to move on from him. And, uh, you know, I think Pirlo, with some some new some more money, I should say, they should uh, be able to reinforce the squad to more of the guys that he likes to see in his style of play. He's, he's, he's had a year now under his belt with the team. He knows what the team needs how, how how the best should play and so you bring in players to kind of match that right Conte's done it for years he's, he's, a, he's a master at that uh so i think that's what they should do i think they should move on i i agree with you but how many worldies did he score this year i mean you think about all the goals all the jaw-dropping highlight real goals that he scored in his time at manchester united and real madrid and maybe at the early part of his time here at juventus i mean you look at his goals now they're penalties and they're more fox in the box type stuff, you know. Sure. He's, he's had to the change first. his game over the years, so he's become now more an out and out striker as opposed to a a roving type, you know, left winger yep. slash center forward. So mm-hmm. uh, his game has had to adapt. It, there hasn't been that many like oh crazy goals. There's been that you know the great header he had against Sampdoria last year. Yeah. Uh, but most of his goals, I mean, his shots, his shot is there. His, his free kick ability is, is not as great as he used to be. Um, but he still scores some decent goals. They're not they're not highlight rate goals. They're not uh, Viola, whatever his name is for um, uh, for Benevento, who just scores these crazy goals every time he scores. Unfortunately, he's only like once in a blue moon. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I just uh, I haven't seen that many this year that I can recall at least. Uh, there's been a couple good ones, but nothing like whoa, whoa, that's Ronaldo from back in the day. Sure, he's older too. So sure, yeah, I was talking with a friend of mine about this before the show, and and I said to him, I said, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, and you watched. Jordan in the NBA like dunk on everybody very early in his career when he was younger and posterizing so many people and then as he got older he it was all about the jump shot and fading yep. in the fadeaway and stuff like that yep. so you know scoring from further away from the basket where it's like in reverse when you're a footballer you're you know you're scoring your worldies from 20 to 25 yards out your free kicks and some of this other stuff and yep. you know now all of a sudden it's you know as you get older it's closer to the goal it's penalties it's tap-ins it's 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 knowing where to make the runs and things like that so and he's developed he's definitely developed a sense for that and he's he's certainly adapted his game to that so but you know it makes you wonder can can someone else do that i mean marata can do that um uh you know to an extent chiesa finds his spaces that the guys in front of him leave and and stuff like that. I mean, even with the, you know, I think that's one where we're going to just kind of, that's one we're going to struggle with here. I mean, it's with the, yeah. even with the 29 goals, how much would they miss that? You know, I mean, when you, when, when you see what the, uh, the, the qualities of the other players that can, that can attack on this Juventus team. So, yeah. Um, very interesting. So 
the one team that didn't get it over the line, Richard, Napoli, um, yeah. unfortunately. And again, all apologies to all of our Napoli friends, uh, of which we have many. Uh, and, uh, you know, ending up with a 1-1 draw. It was a Rafani goal against his former side. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that was their first shot on target of the game at that point. Because uh, I was following this, um, at least statistically, for 60 minutes. They were getting shot, but nothing that was troubling Silvestri. Um, you know, so that put Napoli in front. And then it would be uh, nine minutes later, Verona go level um, on Gunter playing a long ball over the top. Uh, the one guy on Napoli's back four that you can get after is Husai, and he is the bane of Napoli fans' existence. <laughs> Um, and Faraoni finds his way behind him, gets to the ball, and, and scores. A, and you should have seen what it meant to Verona. They were in it to. Oh my goodness! Yeah. They were in it to knock Napoli out of this thing, um, and uh, and did so. Uh, I think they had a couple of other decent chances in this game where they could have even gone on and won. But it was a a uh, Napoli team that Richard, uh, I mean, could only get two shots on target on this Verona side. Ivan Jodic set his Verona side up to frustrate the daylights out of this Napoli team, got away with it with the point, and at the end, Napoli heads to the Europa League when I had been saying for weeks, this is a lock to make the Champions League with the run-in that they have, but they don't get it done here. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate too because this team is such an entertaining team to watch as a neutral, um, especially when Victor Osimhen is playing at, at, at the level he can. Uh, they're so fun to watch, and uh, yeah, they're gonna have to be in Europa League. You gotta, you gotta pick them as early favorites for the Europa League now, assuming mm-hmm. they keep the pieces together. We'll see what happens with the manager, right? Um, I think it's all all indications that our Gattuso is leaving, especially now that you know Champions League is not um, accomplished. But uh, yeah, this game um, we had talked about for many weeks leading up to this game that uh, Hellas had been on, on vacation mode, basically, right? They've been at the beach. Well, they finally decided to show up last game of the season, I guess. And um, I, I, you know, I, I remember watching this game from the beginning to the end. And Verona just lined up very well. They, you know, Napoli had a lot of possession, created some chances, but nothing in the final third. Uh, sure. Verona was stout, I thought. And they, play, they played very well. They countered like they, we, we, we've seen them do in the past when they've been successful. And, uh, yeah, you know, Rahmani got that goal. It was, what, 60th minute or something like that? It took them a while before they got that goal. They were getting more and more frustrated as the game went on. And then that uh, that counter where Gunter hit over the top to Faraoni over, over Husay, like you mentioned. And they took it well, man. He took the first touch. was great. Set him up for the shot and scored the goal past uh, Moret. So, yeah, you've got a feel for Napoli. They they tried. You see how much it hurt them after the game. They just all fell to the floor after that. Yep. Um, you know, you feel for Gattuso. Uh, obviously, he's a he's a, he's a Milan player from the from the past, and you know we adore him. But uh, times like this, you know, it's, it's tough. It, it hurts. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's, I can't imagine what the Napoli fans. Well, I guess I can. We seven years of this, right? We kind of know what that's yep. like. But um, yeah, a, a, a good season um, has ups and downs. More ups and downs. But uh, yeah, fall just short. One point. I mean, that's that's the hard part. One point they missed out. So uh, that's tough. Yep. And uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis has confirmed, at least on Twitter, that uh, 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 Reno Gattuso will leave Napoli. Um, uh, so that that I don't know if it's I don't know how more formal you can make it, but I guess it was on uh, De Laurentiis's Twitter page uh, that they are moving, that they are parting ways. So um, this is where yeah. I like to have fun and be a conspiracy theorist. You nah. think Gattuso, being a former Milan guy. <laughs> Knowing he was going to be leaving, set his Napoli team up to throw his old team a bone. 
<laughs> as fun as that could sound to be, I doubt it. I very, yeah. he's, he's too proud. He loves yeah. what he loves being a manager, and he wants to win all the time. You see it every, in every game that he's – any team he's ever managed, just, he's always had that. Um, what was that what was a team when he was in Greece? Is it Nomar Malaka for you or whatever? Malakia? Anyway. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, as fun as it is to, to joke about these things, I, I don't think yeah. so. I think he, he truly did win a win. Um, and they had the pieces there just – I mean, guys were off playing. Them. You watched them, and, like, Lorenzo Insigne was trying to make crosses, and they would go, like, way off. I'm like, nobody was on their game. They, everyone was nervous on that Napoli team. They knew how much it meant. I think they overthought it because, yes, Verona came up, came into play, but this is a team they should beat. Uh, and, you know, missing games, like missing opportunities like this, teams that they should beat, uh, that's what ultimately cost them the season, right? You, you should beat the teams that you – are better than and the teams that are above you, you know, give them give them a run and and you know try to steal wins here and there. So, uh, yep. yeah, tough season. Um, feel for Gattuso, uh, wherever he may go, he's gonna get a job whether it's Fiorentina or wherever. And I wonder who's gonna come next. You know, a lot of a lot of rumors about Allegri this and Saudi that and this and that. maybe not Saudi, but oh, I don't um, think it's I don't think it's Allegri now. Um, no. Allegri's not going to a team going to the Europa League. Can't see it. Yeah. Um, I. I saw. I thought I saw our friend Ken maybe suggesting Spalletti. Yeah, that's um, not a bad shout. If it's Spalletti, Victor Osimhen immediately is a front runner among the front runners for Capo Condinieri because if he can stay Spalletti, healthy. Yes, yes. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, because what Spalletti does with center forwards is nothing short of spectacular. He turned Jekyll into a Capo Condinieri winner. He had Mauro Icardi into a joint Capo Condinieri winner with Immobile. Yep. So. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind if uh, Spalletti's hired at Napoli. So, um, and I think I, I see the fit. I honestly do. I think that that would. I think that actually would work out quite well. Um, you know, when you look at the existing squad. I mean, I think the back four. You, know, you take Husai out. I think that they could probably be structured properly. Um, you know, and he would kind of get something. It wouldn't necessarily be out and out Saudi ball, but it would be closer to it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a as you were four two three one, um, but you could see. And I'm going to take Fabian out of this picture. I could see him going in the summer. Um, you know, we've had Rafa on talking about that as being a possibility that you shouldn't rule out. Um, but a Bakioko, Zielinski, Deme kind of midfield where Insigne can play a little higher, Lozano can play a little higher, and you've got Osimhen now at the front, and that would be the you know, desired four three three that will have some four two three one looks to it when they don't have the ball that you normally have seen with Spalletti in the past. I think whoever the manager is, Spalletti or whomever, uh, what they have to do is build around Zelensky. Zelensky is going to become a worldy player in the very near future. Um, yep. Have Lorenzo stay on the left. I like that combination of Lozano and, and Politano on the right. They're both the same player. You know, one gets tired, you put the other one in, it's the exact same work. They both score lots of goals, gets lots of assists. And, you know, obviously, have Osimhen, you kind of want to build around Osimhen and Zelensky, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Mertens, I guess he'll stay. Um, and, you know, obviously, you got to you know, the defense, figure out the defense there. You know, who's going to partner with Koulibaly? Do you keep him? Um, who comes in in place of, you know, Fabian? Should he go? Um, yep. And, you know, is Bakayoko going to stay there? Is he going to be, you know, um, you know, backup? What's going to happen here? I'm curious to see how their offseason goes. It's going to tell a lot, you know, whether they go more offensive, more defensive, just get depth, what? It'll yep. be interesting. Yep. Yep. Definitely interesting times there at Napoli who just were just so desperately short, um, you know, in their efforts to to reach the Champions League. Um, 
The only other, I mean, noteworthy activity from today's match is uh, Sassuolo were five minutes away from finishing seventh. Um, but uh, yeah. Mkhitaryan scoring a leveling goal for uh, Roma against Spezia uh, confirms Sassuolo to eighth and sends Roma to this. Is they they go to this conference league now? They don't go to the Europa League. You're right, right. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure what that is, but uh, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're get to. Um, I guess it's a playoff to get into the into the Europa League or whatever. But um, I think Milan did that last year or something, whatever. But. Yeah, uh, Roma spared the blushes just barely. I mean, lots of blushes from this year. Terrible, terrible season. But um, they found a way to still remain kind of relevant. relevant. Didn't let Sassuolo beat them. I know you picked them. I remember in our preview season, preview podcast, uh, Francesco Porzio, he also picked them, picked Sassuolo to, to surprise um, Roma. So, uh, yeah, good season by Sassuolo. Uh, they, nearly, they nearly found a way to get in there. That would have been a, um, a fantastic story had they gone to Europa League. Um, but they fell just short, and hopefully they can build on it next year and uh, find a new manager, maybe Vincenzo Italia or somebody else, uh, to come and take the reins for uh, De Zerbi, who's going to be going off to Shakhtar Donetsk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like that this Europa Conference League is is one that's going to primarily be contested by teams of lower-ranked UEFA member associations. So there's nice. like one team from um, Italy, which is Roma, and I think Spurs qualified from, from England. I can't I can't say who who did from from Spain or Germany or, or things like that. So, and I think they're tightening up the numbers that are going to be in the Europa League as a result. So, so they've stretched this out to three competitions. We'll see how successful this is, and and uh, we'll see how much interest Roma are actually and how, how much interest Mourinho is going to have participating in something like this. Uh, so we'll see what happens as he as he heads over. So um, Sassuolo. What are your thoughts? You know, let's talk about that. Let, let's just we'll we'll quick talk Sassuolo here. Um, great season under Dzerbi, and he now leaves for Shakhtar Donetsk in the Ukraine. Um, what do we think about Sassuolo? What their future is? I don't think I saw anything about a new manager standing in yet. Uh, so maybe you might have some details on that. Well, Dzerbi is saying that nothing is finalized with with Shakhtar now. That's the latest news. Um, he confirmed he is considering the Shakhtar Donetsk job, but insisting nothing has been finalized. So, so we'll see. Um, if he goes, if, they, they need to find an offensive manager similar style of him because uh, if they have to re- complete rebuild, you're gonna see players go because uh, they have they have the makings of something special of their you know well, obviously Caputo leading the way, but Barardi, Boga, I mean the whole complement of players they have offensively. Um, and even some pieces defensively that they have as well. They, they, they are on the precipice of doing something special here. And uh, they need to find a manager who, A, well, a is offensive, but also can maybe uh, be an upgrade to Deserbi if you can. Uh, and it's going to be hard, especially if you're Sassuolo. But um, if they go with something like defensive-minded or something like that, you're going you're gonna to see some players go. And I think that'll be the end of fun, bad Sassuolo. It may just be you know good defensive Sassuolo, but they may not be in the hunt for Europa League you know, going going forward. I don't know. I just, I'm curious. I'm going to really watch this closely because we don't know what to expect with them, especially if Deserbi leaves. Now, if he stays, that's a different story. Can they reinforce and, and progress? But should he leave, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they're bringing because that'll be a, a, a true sign of what's the next step for Sassuolo. Maurizio Sarri. Do it. I, I don't hate it. I don't do hate it. it at all. Do it, Sassuolo. Please do it. That would be awesome. Yeah. With those guys there, Saudi ball at Saudi ball at Sassuolo. Yeah. Oh, no one would yeah. want to play them. Yeah. So I don't hate it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see if it happens. 
So that's that. That's probably where I would go. I think that was probably that was that was the one thing I wanted to add on in all of this was there was a little bit of a contest there for seventh, uh, where Sassuolo yeah. had a chance to finish. So um, Torino drawing at midweek against uh, Lazio confirmed Benevento. Uh, would be relegated back to City D. What a self-destruction that was. Um, a team that was as high as 10th, um, you know, and uh, I got to think the axe falls on people in Soggy if it hasn't yet. Um, yeah, I'd be I, you know, them. and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We said, look, they're, they're going to have to – players are going to leave this team to try to stay with clubs that are in Serie A. And the the rest that are left are going to need a new message. And actually, it, it there it is. Inzaghi announces Benevento exit. Uh, he says he felt alone when the Strega started losing. Um, uh, so he is uh, he is out. Um, it's uh, it's just one of those things. It looks like there's some uh, sound. Just reading this article, it sounds like there's like a little bit of animosity here. Uh, between Inzaghi and maybe some of the other upper, some of the upper management at Benevento too. So, um, so it's just one of those one of those things. But uh, it was time for him to move on from there. I mean, when you have that kind of a struggle this late in the season, it's it's time to go. Um, and it's time for someone with some new ideas. It's time for a new voice. It's time for you know someone else to come in and try to inspire whatever's going to remain there, and then whatever they can scrap together in hopes of getting back to Serie A. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I agree with you. I think it's time for a new voice in there. Obviously, they're going to get one now. And, um, you know, kind of they can kind of rebuild that magic that they had in Seti B, you know, two years ago and then try to get back as soon as possible. You know, good on them. But, um, you know, Benevento joined who? Uh, um, Parma and uh, Crotone now. And, you know, some you know some some, t- some players from those teams are going to stay in Serie A. Sami, fantastic year, 20-goal year. Uh, Great, great stuff by him. He's going to stay in Serie A, I hope. Um, curious to see where he goes. And, you know, some players in Parma that you, you would think would stay in Serie A, probably Gervinho, Kuchka, um, obviously the goalkeeper as well. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting times. Um, big, big self-destruction by Benevento. Um, not as terrible playing as Parma did this year, right? Uh, I mean, Crotone at times looked horrid. Uh, but, yeah, I think the, all, the three teams, the right three teams to go down. And we're going to get a new crop of teams here coming in next season. Empoli, obviously, and Salernitana is back after many, many years. And then we're still yep. waiting to see the final of Serie B playoff between uh, Venezia, which would be awesome, or Cittadella. Both both good stories there, too. So yep. um, going to be some exciting teams coming into next year. And uh, can't wait to see who gets it. I, I personally hope Venezia just because I love their uniforms. Nice story there. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm curious to see. Hopefully these Serie B teams coming in next year uh, – Fight like hell, like like Spezia did this year, and found a way, find a way to survive. So, um, it looks like uh, Venezia does have a one nil advantage after the first leg against Cittadella. So, oh, right on. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see if they can uh, see that through. So, um, but yeah, welcome back, welcome back, Empoli, welcome Salernitana, uh, and then uh, we'll see what shakes out in leg two between uh, Venezia and uh, Cittadella yeah. uh, for. Um, uh, for promotion, so sorry, um, Mozza fans. <laughs> yeah, well, we were hoping for some bunga bunga to uh, talk about week in and week out. <laughs> we're uh, we're deprived of that for at least another year. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, anything else as it pertains to the league, the standings? Anything? Uh, anything surprising? Anything catching your eye? I mean, clearly the under underachievers here are teams like Cagliari and Torino to 
have the quality in their squads and be 16th, 17th is is just you know not going to get it done. Um, you know, I think uh, you know the surprise of the season. Um, how about Sampdoria ninth? Um, I was going to say Sampdoria. Yeah, under Ranieri, I had them relegated. I had them relegated with Genoa and Spezia, and all three survived. So yep. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think you can also give a shot to Hellas Verona getting to 10th, uh, you know, under Ivan Juric and just kind of sustaining some, you know, some sort of standing in the league. Genoa 11th, too. I mean, 9th, 10th, 11th, I think, are all are all higher than what we would have anticipated from them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of Sampdoria, I think of the three, they did the best. And, uh, yeah, kudos to Ranieri. He's going to step, uh, from what I read, I think I saw him, uh, he's going to re- uh, step down from the team. And so they got to find a new manager. Hopefully they get it right this time as opposed to uh, EDF before. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Sampdoria. Can they build on that? Does Qualiarella stay? I imagine he would for at least another year, uh, being at, what, 76 years old now. But, uh, yeah, it's got good stories by both um, Liguria sides, and uh, hopefully they can forgive me for relegating them last year. Uh, looks like um, looks like candidates right now for Sampdoria is uh, Enzo Maresca, uh, Walter Mazzari and oh dear God, don't do this, Fabio oh, Liberani. Oh, both of those, so, no. Yeah, um, you wouldn't want a you wouldn't want a uh, Mazzari retread, would you? Maybe just uh, for one season, then you give it him right away. Yep, yep. <laughs> not, uh, but please, not Liberani. Yeah, no, so, no. I mean, they'll just Santoni will just be a laughing stock defensively. I mean, how Liberani could be after how he you know <sighs> couldn't keep Lecce up and then. Pretty much destroyed, destroyed Parma, yeah. where Diversa just who was sacked for Leverani comes back, couldn't rescue it in time. I mean, it just was just was insane. So, yeah. Well, anyway, um, but that's our uh, that's our roundup on match week thirty eight. Uh, Richard, let's hand out some awards. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, we had uh, so with our team of the season. Uh, uh, we went. Uh, do we want to start team of season, or do we want to go crap on the cracker? Let's build this crap on a cracker team. Oh, Let's get right. the crap. We always like to get the crap out of the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I think the manager of this team is easily people in Sagi. Yeah, it would have been Pioli had they lost, but uh, yeah, people in Sagi. I'm with you. There. I think it still would have been people in Sagi. I mean, I don't yeah. think there was a bigger disaster managerial wise, especially in the second half of this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it speaks for itself. Just I think two wins down the stretch. Hmm. Um. Goalkeeper, you know. I, I might go with Cordas. He faced a lot of shots, a lot of gave up most goals, I believe. Um, there's some bad ones though. <laughs> yeah, there are some. There was some bad goalkeeping in this league, and I, I I'm with with Crotone actually. Crotone actually crept up to 19th. Uh, Parma yeah. finished bottom. So yeah, uh, but I, I, I like Luigi Seppe though. He's good. He's he is. And I don't think this was all Seppe's fault. So no. I'll I'll go with I'm with you. I'll go with Cordas. Um, Let's go to players. Um, I'm looking some of this stuff up and trying to figure out how do I do this. Um, I'm trying to remember how I used to do this. Oh, but, it's been so long ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, we can probably just pull them from the teams that were relegated. I mean, and again, here's our thing with the crap on a cracker 11. You had to play and you had to prove that you were crap. You know, we're not going to take a guy that was, you know, made a transfer move and then never saw playing time. That's not how we do this. Yeah. You had to go out there and, and, and really just be miserable at what you did so uh that's how we attack this thing with crap on a cracker um let's uh we we can probably dig into this crotone team just a little bit more um 
and find that we're and we're going to probably find ourselves some pretty bad players. Um, let's go with uh, let's let's go with Luca Maroni as one of our center backs. Okay, I like Camille Glick. Maybe as a second one. Yeah, Camille Glick definitely did not live up to the leadership. I had high hopes for him. You know, I mean, I, really I, I, I like that shout. I think Glick deserves to be in this team for for what he can bring and the experience that he brings. Should have been one of those guys that could probably try to help dig Benevento out of this rut and um, just didn't do it. And, um, you know, I have no problem with uh, with putting him there. Maybe uh, at uh, left back, you go Pedro Pereira from Crotone. He didn't have that. He had a, if I remember, his uh, rating was pretty, pretty bad this year uh, overall. He played several games. I mean, I want to say close to 30 games, if not more. Pedro Pereira? Yeah. And that was left back? Yeah. Yep, I like that. Okay, so Pedro Pereira, and then let's just let's just round it out here with the Crotone guys. Andrea Rispoli is our right back. Okay, um, just miserable. Um, he only made he made five starts and appeared as a substitute fourteen times, but was terrible just about every time he played. Yeah. Um, so I have no issue with making him our uh, our right back in this team. Um, you could also make arguments for guys like Luperto. Um, I mean, these are all Crotone guys, which is kind of fun. Um, you know, we talked about Luca Maroni having a having a disappointing season. We can probably also go with uh, if we want to start our midfield with uh, Zanolato, Nicolo Zanolato, another Crotone guy. Sure. I mean, yeah. we're talking about a team that conceded 92 goals this season. Oof, yeah, um, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, just just painfully bad. Um, Zanolato, to his credit, one goal and one assist on the season, but uh, made 27 appearances and. Just overall wasn't very good in any of them. Um, let me continue to run with this, uh, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I think we can add, uh, let's see. Moving on. Any other players that are striking you as bad? I think Marco Piazza gets in this team as our outside as an outside midfielder. I like that. I like um, that. I feel like Thomas Rincon underperformed this year. Maybe I'm just making that up. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some Torino guys that need to be in here too because Torino massively underperformed. They were one of the, you know, between them and Cagliari, they were some massively underachievers in this year. I, um, I just, we should see more from a player of Piazza's talent. Absolutely. Um, no, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think that that's, that's really what it comes down to and why he earns a place in this team. We always seem to find, even with Genoa finishing 11th, we can still find a way to get a Genoa guy into this team. Of course. Of so, course. <laughs> um, I would, uh, Let's see here. Moving forward, um, let's put Lanetti in this team. I think Lanetti wasn't. Lanetti really. I thought struggled. you said Bonetti. <laughs> Matteo Bonetti. Yeah. No, Carol. Like, I didn't Carol, know he played for them. Yeah, Carol Lanetti. Carol Lanetti. So that's our two midfielders: Zanolato and Lanetti. We have Piaccia as one winger, um, and then uh, let's see here. We're getting this put together. Yeah, you had Pereira. That's a that's a great shout. Pereira's in this team. Yeah. Um, I got to put Kevin Lasagna in this team still. Yeah, this he's had terrible a... for Udinese and wasn't that much better for Verona. He wasn't much better at all. He wasn't. So, uh, so he'll be one of our forwards. Um, let's see. I'm. I'm. We're almost. We've almost got this thing complete. We need two more miserable people. Um. Mm-hmm. And then we can move on to the good stuff. Um, let's see. Hmm, How about Merigan Voivoda? 
Okay. From I Torino. I don't hate him. I mean, he's a right defender, but we can probably install him as right. Well, let's see if we can find a right-sided midfielder. And Bernardeschi still shows up. How about Manuel Lazzari? From like Lazio? I feel like he had a terrible season. I don't think season. so. I thought no? he was all right. Yeah, I don't think. Not not bad enough to be in this team. Uh, yeah, that's true. I just had high um, for him. I think we can keep Bernardeschi in this team. <laughs> you think? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's been terrible. He's made 27 appearances, not one goal on the season. He had eight starts, 19 substitutes, 19 Mm. appearances off the bench, eight starts, um, not one goal. He had two assists, but um, just not getting it done. And I think Giovanni Simeone is in this team too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. So here's our our crap on a cracker team. We talked it out here on the podcast so that you guys could see our thought process, which is very, very minimal when it comes to this team. Again, you had to have played (laughs) – you had to have proven you were terrible. These guys were all terrible. Hordat's in goal, um, and it's and it's pretty much dominated. I we managed to build this crap on a cracker team without putting a Parma player in it, which is which is pretty Shocking. impressive. Andrea Rispoli at right back. Our center backs are Luca Moroni and Camil Glick. Pedro Pereira at left back. Right winger is uh, right midfielder is uh, Federico Benedeschi of Juventus. Uh, Marco Piaccia of Genoa. Uh, center midfielders uh, Nicola Zanolato of Crotone, Carol Linetti of Torino, and then our forwards, Giovanni Simeone of Cagliari, and Kevin Lasagna. At least he says Murici at the top. <laughs> Udinese slash Hellas Verona. Murici is saved by the fact that he didn't play as much as Lasagna and Simeone did. So he couldn't – he he sucked, but he didn't suck to the, to the repetition that <laughs> Simeone and Lasagna did. No. So that's that's why Simeone and Lasagna get Lasagna get yeah. in this team. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So and then we have people in Zaghi managing this scrap heap. So. Yep. So they'll keep losing, which is great. So um, what we did with the uh, the best eleven is you know what, what we've done in the past recent years is that we took the team that won the Scudetto and tried to take their formation, try to adapt the team to that formation. Obviously, Inter won the title this year, so we try to go with a three-five-two uh, to make it interesting for us. Yep. And uh, our goalkeeper, Richard, who is our goalkeeper of the season. Drum roll. Donnarumma. Donnarumma. There's some other, some good shouts for some, uh, obviously, Handanovic is up there. Silvestri had a great season as well. A couple other ones as well. Dragowski, you know, had some fantastic moments. But I think Donnarumma, you know, tied for uh, clean sheets this year, five, ended the season five in a row, had some huge moments. He arguably, you know, made Milan into the Champions League this year alone uh, just by his performances. So I think uh, he is the goalkeeper of the year. Yep, I uh, have absolutely no problem with that shout. Um, 14 clean sheets on the season, um, five straight to finish the season. Uh, yeah, no, no issue with making Gigi our uh, goalkeeper of the season. And yeah, there's some goalkeepers in here that played really well, but we will uh, we will go ahead and go with him. So, yep. um, moving on to the first of our back three, Richard. I okay, so I'm going to start with. The champions. Um, I'm gonna start with uh, Bastoni. I think Bastoni was, you know, the three center backs at Inter were played really well this year. Um, but I think Bastoni he brought not only the uh, defensive stoutness that you want that Conte wanted to see, but he also brought the flexibility by being able to play be able to play wing back as well. Yep. Uh, he showed that he's a great passer with the ball. Um, he is just so versatile of a player. And I mean, he's arguably the de- defensive player of the year uh, for me. Uh, but he ha- he's 
he had to be in the, in the back three for me. Uh, so, you know, as much as you'd want to take all three inner guys, I'm going to go with Bastoni uh, as the first pick in, in, in terms of our center backs. Are inter champions without Conte going to Bastoni over Kolarov when he did? No. No, I think that was a brilliant move. And, and I'm sure Interistis were, were clamoring for him earlier because we all know what Kolarov brings. Uh, I don't know how he, he – he just missed out on crap on a cracker because he didn't play enough games. But yep. – um, yeah, no, I think Bastoni inserted into that role. It made De Vrij and Skriniar play a lot more comfortably as well. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I think, but I think adding Bastoni back there to the to the back three was just a perfect complement to the other two. Um, and you know, they were arguably one of the best defenses in, in in the league, and and probably one up there in top five in Europe, obviously. So um, yeah, no, I think it's a great job for Conte to bring in Bastoni over Kolarov. That's no brainer taking Kolarov off. It's just who you're gonna bring in, right? It's one of the adjustments uh, that Conte made that led Inter to going on to winning this title. Uh, so, it's, so absolutely don't have uh, an issue with this. I'll uh, grab the next one, and it's uh, Juventus's uh, Delict. Yeah, yeah, Delict. Uh, he's, you know, when he first came to Juventus, people wondered why why they spend eighty million for this guy, right? Um, he's he's done nothing but you know. He's it obviously was a hard, hard transition for him last year, but this year I think he's really stepped up and been the, one of the most consistent pieces back there for Juventus. And, uh, and obviously Bonucci and Chiellini are getting up there in age. Uh, he's obviously the next coming in terms of defense for them. And, you know, if they can get a, a good partner for him, whether it's Demarel or go out and get someone else, the Ligt is going to be one of the world, you know, defensive leaders um, year in and year out. And I think he, uh, you know, consistent play. Tough guy to play against. He always goes against the best strikers, right? Whether it's, you know, Lukaku, Zlatan, whoever. Um, he's always the one that step up, and he always does a pretty damn good job. Um, and, you know, what he can also bring offensively and the leadership role at only, what, 20 years old? I mean, this kid is, is the real deal. I think uh, Juventus paid $80 million for him, and um, it was he's worth every bit of it. So uh, no qualms to me with uh, the lick in there in the, in the back three. I think I, you saw the progression uh, this year. Yeah, I, last year was, was yeah, last year was good, but I think you really saw a progression. Um, I was in the in the Milan game, despite the three 0 defeat, I was really impressed with him in that game. Um, so, Frank Risorto, thank, grazie, Frank, fantastic work all season, gents. Thanks for all the work you and your guests both do. So, um, you know, appreciate that. That means a lot to us. But Delict, uh, you saw the progression. Um, you know, had a hand in doing some key things for Juventus down the stretch to rescue this Champions League place. So definitely don't have uh, a problem with him getting into this team. And the third of the three center backs, Richard. Yeah, this is a tough one because, you know, part of me wants to go with, with go back to Inter because obviously they're the champions and they had a great defense. But, you know, I try to look at what defender really helped his team get to where they were. Um, right. And for me, that was Simon Kiar. Uh, the, he stepped up when everybody thought this is going to be Romagnoli's year to take over. He, you know, Romagnoli had a struggle again this year, and so nobody knew who was going to be his partner. Was it be Gabia or Kiara's partner, Gabia or whomever? Kiara's been a steady rock for Milan, and he's, you know, again in this game today against Atalanta, he just was phenomenal, completely shutting down, you know, the opposition's uh, best players. No, he doesn't have the pace, but he has the position, he has the smarts. Um, he's great in the air, both in both ends of the pitch. Um, he's just a, a phenomenal player, and, you know, for a guy. People thought he was just a throwaway pick when he when he joined Milan because like oh he's he's been other places he's not been that great but he found a home at Milan and he stepped it up this year and I think 
uh, because of those intangibles that he brought, I think he just gets it in be- over, you know, a couple of the Inter guys who I thought well, were certainly deserving, but I think Kiara was just a phenomenal year. Yeah, I mean, he was the he was the leader back there. I mean, when when you close out, you got to make it in if you close out on five clean sheets, and especially if it gets your team into the Champions League. It's it's hard to leave uh, you know a defender from this group out, and I think Kiara was the constant. You know, among the defenders, Romagnoli would get mixed in, Tamori would get mixed in, but um, his leadership and uh, I thought he was outstanding against Zapata in particular in this game today, um, you know, having to deal with him. So, um, yeah, no no qualms whatsoever. Uh, let's get into the midfield and let's start with that right wing back position, Richard. And I think that this is a body of work pick because yeah. there was a spot in this season where he struggled. Um Toward the end of the season, found a goal, created a couple of things, and and started getting back to the form that he played with. You know, when he hit the ground running, coming into Serie A, but Ashraf Hakimi, uh, he was in our half season team. He's going to uh, finish the season in our team of the season at the right wing back position. Yeah, he really had his uh, as we we, for those in the United States, his Heisman moment against Teo Hernandez, right? Uh, Really just destroyed him every time he played him this season. Um, But yeah, no, uh, Hakimi, he just brought energy to that right side for 90 plus minutes a game it's it's really unreal what kind of energy this kid has yeah uh, and so he runs up and down the pitch you know defensively and offensively contributing in goals and assists playing you know good defensively as well for for Conte's system because Conte's not going to have you out there if you can't play defense um as Kolarov learned this year and I thought uh yeah you know the body of work that he had from the you know, beginning to the end of the season uh minus a couple of those blips here and there uh, I think was fully deserving to be that right wing uh back of the of, of our team yeah, I mean, just 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 love the pace. Uh, I also think that, you know, I think that he 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 improved defensively as the season went on too. Um, which, when you play for Antonio Conte, you you have no choice. You better you better improve in that area. So um, you know, so I, I I like that for our and, and, and I, is some of this an indictment on? the quality or maybe lack thereof. I mean, we're picking a right wing back here, so we can't necessarily, you know, put Davide Calabria in this conversation, um, who's more of a fullback who was really good, especially down the stretch for Milan. Um, You know, but after that, there's not a whole lot to get excited about it, you know, either at right back or right wing back. I guess you could say Juan Cuadrado. Um, yeah. yeah, he's, he's you know, that's another guy that you could yes. have probably had in this conversation for the job as well. Could always be thrown in there, sure. You know, but Hattabor was losing time to Mela, Mela, who played uh, Joaquin Mela, too. So, you know, so I think it was some other players just kind of canceling each other out that just being in this other tier that I think Hakimi just maybe just got the edge. I mean, I, there was a spot here for a few weeks where Hakimi was struggling, sure. you know, and you're trying to figure out what it was, and you know. Everybody goes to that patch and that 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 part of the season, and this is a this is a body of work pick if there is if there if there ever was one, if there ever was one with uh, what Hakimi did throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of the thirty eight match weeks. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So we just talked about the right wing back. Let's go to left wing back because I think the middle three uh, could be contentious, could not be, uh, but the left wing back. Um, I think the one we went with, arguably the MVP of his team. Um, the guy who's had this position for the longest time, Robin Gosens, uh, had a good year. Had a, he had a good year, double digits yep. and goals, right? Like 11 goals, four assists, something like that. Uh, he had a good year. But I think this guy, 
finally getting a hold on the, on his new team, finding his place, and really because of him stepping up, the team kind of really surrounded through him, and he kind of became his team. I am talking yep. about Federico Chiesa yes. of Juventus. Uh, phenomenal year. Um, had some brilliant games, like the game against Milan where he just dis- destroyed them. Um, he's really stepped up this year. He's kind of the guy. He's turning into the guy we thought he could be when he was a yep. Fiorentina. Uh, and like I said, now I think this, this Juventus team is, is his now almost, you know, especially if Ronaldo leaves. And really, you know, Pirlo and, and the management should build around him, find a way to may either have him roaming because he was dangerous on the left side and the right-hand side. Yep. More, more so on the left-hand side because we saw him there more. But I think he's, um, yeah, my left, back, my left wing back of the year. Uh, just phenomenal work by Chiesa. And let's face it. Celebrations Antonio aside. Got away with, <laughs> Antonio Conte got away with making Ivan Perisic work at that position. So we can make Federico Chiesa work in this. And this is where Federico Chiesa thrives. You know, playing in a wide role behind the front line. Um, I mean, and you, all you need to do is look at his performances with the Azzurri when he's asked to play on the right side of a front three. He's not the same. Yeah, He works well when he can run. And we've talked about this all season. And if you watch Federico Chiesa, this is exactly where he's successful. He gets – he finds the spaces that the forwards leave. And he makes himself dangerous by getting there and finishing from those positions. Yeah. Um, and he made a very big time. He made a big time habit of that here at Juventus, and is a big, big reason why Juventus are back in the Champions League. I mean, let's face it. I don't. I don't know if Juve are top four without him. Um, yeah. You know, sure that's how serious we are about this pick. Uh, so he, he makes the squad. We love the position that he's in in this team. He. Th- we think he can thrive. So, uh, so I, I like that. Uh, let's move into the midfield and start with a man that's near and dear to both our hearts. Uh, the, the, I mean, just the there's no there, Frank the never empty tank, Kessie. I mean, my gosh, I it, where does he get it? <laughs> it's just, um, just I mean, the just the gold standard right now in Serie A for box-to-box, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and defends, supports defenders that have to defend the man on the ball, uh, positions himself well, marks when he has to, when he gets the ball, goes forward, willing to connect with the with the forwards. You know, a lot of his goals came from penalties, scored some goals in open play, but... I mean, the maturation process of Frank Kessie has just been a joy for Milan fans to watch, including myself. And he belongs in this team. We need an energy guy that can just cover every blade of grass on the pitch. And this guy can do it. There's a jersey back there, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, today's game was just the encapsulation of the whole season, right? It just dogged work defensively, you know, contribute offensively, end of the game. He's got he's holding the ball off two guys in the corner, just, you know, delaying time. Yeah. I mean, he scored a worldly goal against Man United that was wrongly taken away. Yep. Uh, he's just done so much great work for this team, and he's just – he is what you, you look for in a box-to-box midfielder around the world. And, uh, I mean, just phenomenal play by Presidente, and I think uh, – Absolutely, was a, a no-brainer for us. Uh, one of the two no-brainers for for certain um, in this midfield uh, three here. Yep, yep. Um, Want to move on to the other no-brainer? Yeah, the other no-brainer. Uh, go back to the champions, uh, Barella, Nicolò Barella. Yep. I, I mean, what a what a what a fantastic player this is, both for club and country. Uh, he truly becoming a leader with his team. His passing ability is ridiculous. He can score goals. Um, he's got the great work rate because uh, again, 
to be in Conte's midfield, Conte's team, you really have to you know show up on the defensive end. Uh, and he did that. And Barella is arguably one of the best players in the midfield this year, uh, hands down for me. I think that was one of the first names came up on, on our sheets as Barella, and, and he's going to be the same thing for the Azzurri, right? Uh, he's just a phenomenal player. Not enough good things. We saw the glimpses of him when he was you know, at, at Cagliari before, but uh, yeah, now it just uh, he's really coming to his own. Yep. Yep. So no problem with those guys, and I think with the combination of those two, we're – we got that midfield covered. We can protect that back three, no problem, no questions asked. Uh, but adding to that, we want a guy that can can give us a little bit going forward. We want us to. We want a guy that can provide provide something that can create for his teammates, but also can score his own goals. Um, and uh, we don't have an Atalanta player in this team yet. We do now, uh, and for the first time uh, into the Serie A sit down team of the season is Ruslan Malinowski of Atalanta. Um, this might be a controversial pick. I know a lot of people were talking about the trendy three-man midfield for C- team of the season was going to be Barella, Kessie, Milinkovic-Savic. I, I think Malinowski took on the responsibility of taking the mat, you know, taking things and running with it from Papu Gomez when it was going to be assumed that it was going to be Josip Ilicic. Yep. We're talking about a man who scored eight goals, 12 assists on the season. Um, key goal against Juventus. Uh, late on in the season. And, uh, you know, if you want to put Milinkovic-Savic here, I won't fight you. He had a very good season for Lazio and, and really helped keep him afloat as the season went on. But when I look at table position and I look at players that are reasons for why these teams are in the table positions that they're in, I we, we just have to edge Ruslan Malinovsky ahead uh, of anybody else that we're considering for the third spot in this midfield. Yeah, and, uh, and another good midfielder that we, we thought about was uh, Piotr Zielinski. Yeah. Uh, he had a great year this year, too. He's really coming into his own. But, uh, you know, filling in the, filling in the, in the boots of uh, Papu Gomez is difficult. He was MVP last year, led the league in assists last year, and so who's going to step up? And we thought, like you said, Ilicic, Malinowski steps up, leads the league in assists this year. I mean, who saw that coming? I mean, we thought mm-hmm. he, would have a, he would take big steps this year, but, I mean, he really did took – coming to his own this year which is uh, phenomenal and he's obviously got that thunderbolt of left foot as well so uh, he's just a fantastic player and then i think nobody saw him coming uh taking the next steps that he did and uh just sure. a phenomenal player for atalanta sure uh and now to the strikers i think that every city team of the season should have these two guys in it if you yeah. don't you didn't watch city this season yeah uh want to start with the first one yeah, let's go back to the champions, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, fantastic player, fantastic year. Uh, what, a, what a beast he's been this year. He's just been running over everybody. Any defender he's come, come along, uh, ask Teo Hernandez, right? Uh, ask any center back, really. Um, he's, he's just such, he's such a good player. Teamed up superbly with uh, Martinez, Alexis Sanchez, whoever he played with. Uh, he's got the pace now. He's obviously always had the strength. He's got the shooting ability. Scored from anywhere, either it's headers, close goals, far goals. I mean, he does it all. He scored some, and he scored some nice worldly goals this year as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, Lukaku's a no-brainer. What twenty-four goals this year? Um, yeah, that was I mean, he, fantastic player, man. What can but you eleven say assists too. Eleven assists, um, yes. So I mean, he, he complete. Just he's so hard to defend because of his presence, his size, his physicality, um, his hold-up play, his ability to be able to connect his his teammates and and play people in and create chances for others, but then create his own shot, be on the end of stuff, takes penalties. Uh, I mean, 
you know, we, you and I have talked about this. He's, he's elite when it comes to what we're looking for in the modern striker. The only other guy that probably compares to him in terms of, and we're, and we're speaking strictly of attributes of the modern striker is Duvan Zapata. We said this way back at the beginning of the season. Um, But Romelu Lukaku possesses everything we're looking for in a modern striker at an elite level. I mean, ticks the boxes elite in all of the categories, hold up play, Uh, box presence, uh, finishing, Um, you know, I mean, just uh, it goes on and on technique, um, you know, and uh, has really, really rounded out his game here coming into Serie A and, uh, you know, made a nice progression forward. So, and uh, you can't leave out a Capocan and Yeti in your team of the season. And Ronaldo gets it at 29 goals. And you can talk, and we, we, we kind of poked fun earlier in the podcast over how he gets his goals these days. But you've got to be able to have the savvy to be in those positions to finish those chances. You know, you still got to finish the penalties. And maybe he doesn't score the worldies that he did for his previous clubs, but he finds his spaces, he gets into positions, and he makes himself dangerous that way. Do we, you know, do we think any less of Robert Lewandowski because that's how he scores a lot of his goals? All right. You know, no, we don't. So, um, you know, so, and I, when you look at how we built this team, he's almost the perfect complement to Lukaku up front because yeah. Lukaku can do the dirty work and the hold up stuff, and Ronaldo can drift and find the spaces and, you know, and get the ball from him or get the ball from our wide guys and, um, you know, and find his way into that box and get get the finish we've never left the Capucon and Yeti out of our team of the season we're not going to do it now Richard Ronaldo yeah no that was a, that was a no-brainer easy pick for him and you know you want someone who's gonna you know can find open spaces I mean not many guys can do it better than Ronaldo finding these open spaces he's had to adapt his game as the years have gone on and he's every no matter what he does he finds a way to be top of the league every year it seems like uh wherever he plays and as you mentioned First player to uh, lead lead the league or win the scoring championship in three different in three different leagues, a phenomenal work. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time, and he had another great year this year, even at the ripe old age of 34 or 35, or whatever he is. Uh, he just continues to get it done. And uh, is it his last hurrah in Serie A to be determined? But uh, if it if it is, it's what a way to go, right? 29 goals, it's fantastic. Sure, sure. Uh... So that is our team of the season. Gianluigi Donnarumma of Milan is our goalkeeper of the season. Back three of Simon Kier of Milan, uh, Matthias Delict of Juventus, Alessandro Bastoni of Inter, uh, ha- Ashraf Hakimi, uh, right wing back of Inter, uh, Federico Chiesa is our left wing back from Juventus, Nicolo Barella, midfielder, Inter, Frank Kessie, midfielder, Atalanta, Ruslan Malinovsky, midfielder, Atalanta, Romelu Lukaku, striker, Inter, Ronaldo, striker, Juventus. That's our 11 snubs. We talked about a couple. We talked about uh, Milenkovic Savic. We talked about... Um, Juan Cuadrado was one. Cuadrado. Yep. Had a fine uh, season. Zielinski um, had a good one. Zielinski you mentioned, Yes. Um, super sub Luis Marial, twenty plus goals and what limited action? I mean, his yeah. goal goal to goal to minute ratio is out of this world. Uh, fantastic imagine, season by him. Imagine if he started and played regularly. I mean, we're. I mean, I think if you gave him the minutes that Ronaldo, I don't know if they had the same amount of minutes. I think that Ronaldo definitely had more. But you got to put Muriel in like the thirty two thirty three category and winning Capocan and Yeti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Obviously, the two inner center backs, Skriniar and Devry, uh, we wanted to we wanted to put them in there, obviously because they had a fantastic year. But you know, yep. honorable mentions for sure. Yep. Uh, I think that you could even talk about, um, 
Christian Erickson. Yeah. I think you can make a case for him. I think the transformation of his game from being a 10, an out-and-out out 10, to playing more like an 8, you know, and, and, and having to be more of a midfielder and having to adapt to that under Antonio Conte to get playing time, I think that's another decision and that's another situation that went a long way to Inter winning this title. Yeah, and, um, another, and another player who actually did something very similar to him, Rodrigo de Paul, uh, fantastic yep. year. He had to adapt to become and you know, play a little deeper, and he's just excelled at that role. He had a he had a great year. Yep. I mean, as goalkeepers go, I mean, you can give a shot. I think Handanovic was was maligned for much of the season by Inter supporters, but he's a player that became very valuable uh, down the stretch. Um, no one's going to forget think, those saves he made against Milan in the derby, right? Got them yep. to win. Huge saves. Yep, for sure. Um, that, that kept Inter ahead uh, and, and ultimately helped Inter go on and win the game. Um. Yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about any Napoli players, but I thought, you know, you, you made the comment about Lorenzo Insigne. I think Fabian had an outstanding season. Yeah. Um, you know, Zielinski for, as well. You know, for Napoli, Zielinski you talked about. Yeah, we did talk about him. Um, and you've got Dusan Vlaovic on this list. And I think he's a guy that came on especially late in the season. And, yeah, I mean, you and I, and goals, it sounds right? like the sentiment with a number of English-speaking Calcio heads, at least, are, are on are on our uh, on our side with this. With that, stay at Fiorentina another season and develop your game more. Um, uh, this is not, you know, we've seen this so many times with strikers that make a splash at clubs like this, and then they get rushed somewhere else, and they don't live up to what's expected of them. Piantic, I, as, uh, who's that? Piantic, Piantic, Destro. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a huge list of them. Um, but for for as far as as far as it's concerned with Vlaovic, I think that if he's rushed to another club, I think he's just another one of these guys waiting to happen. Yep, I agree. So I'm um, sticking with Fiorentina, Milinkovic, the defender, uh, really good, yep. really good player there. Uh, Silvestri, a goaltender who played very well for Hellas. Um, Simi, we talked about him earlier with Crotone, 20 plus goals for a relegation team. I mean, that's fantastic. Um, hopefully he'll find a team in City on next year. So there's a lot of good guys, a lot of good players. But, you know, honorable mentions that didn't quite make our top eleven. Domenico Berardi and Manuel Locatelli of uh, of, yeah. of Sassuolo were both very good. I mean, how about Sassuolo even to be contending for seventh without Caputo for much of it, where you've got Defrel and and Juricic kind of they're not necessarily partnering as forwards, but one's up, one's behind. Um, you know, which was a little bit, you know, you know not desirable for Dizzerbi. I think you'd rather have Caputo fit and, and fully available. But, um, you know, the run that some of those guys that went on, I mean, you needed Locatelli to, to play the way he did, and he's got the attention that he's got. So that's a guy that you'd probably talk about as a snub. And, um, you know, and like I said, Berardi uh, down the stretch uh, performed very well for the Nero Verdi too. So. Roma guys, I, I just can't. I just can't find a Roma guy that I would even say was a snub. I mean, we talked about Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan was the closest. The yeah, he was the closest. But he kind of he kind of petered out too. So yeah, uh, are we in agreement that our manager is Conte? Oh yeah, that's that's a no brainer. Yep. So that's a no brainer. Antonio Conte's manager of the season. Yep. Um, if you want some runners up, um, Roberto Tizzerbi at Sassuolo. Uh, you know, to guide them to an eighth-place finish. Claudio Ranieri and Ivan Juric, uh, the jobs they did. Davide Balladini coming back to Genoa and getting them uh, getting them up to 11th. I think those are all good shouts. And, uh, you know, a, a small shot for Vincenzo Italiano, uh, for Spezia, yeah. who I think everybody thought would finish 20th. 
Um, yeah, you know, guiding him to safety and, and getting him to finish 15th. Uh, not only safety, yeah, safety, but comfortably safe too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, and a guy that's going to probably attract some attention with these some of these jobs opening up. So, you know, so those are all good conversations. But Conte was – Conte was class, uh, pushed all the right buttons, made some very, very important decisions as the season went on to help get Inter uh, to win this title and win it running away, a 12-point deficit. Um, I did predict that the title would get won by about 8 to 10 points. I just True. didn't have the right team. So. I had the right team. I just didn't have the right spread. So <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, that is our team of the season, along with some of the guys that at least deserve some mention. And now – for the important part, uh, what everybody uh, comes here for now, and uh, we have had this was this is our fifth year doing Serie Sit John. This is our first season, full season doing Who Won Calcio Twitter, and I got to tell you, I mean it ta- it has taken off. I mean you've got to the point where the regulars who are getting on actually, you know, I don't I don't think they're trying to get on our podcast. No. I think they they know what they're doing and they and, and and they're very good at it, but this has attracted attention within the English speaking Calcio community, which I th- and I think everybody enjoys it, um, and and we're proud to go through all of our uh, winners of this season. So we're going to be here for a little bit here, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. We just can't say we don't know how to say goodbye. Uh, at the end of the season. So we're going to go through all the winners and we're going to pick a grand champion of the 2020-2021 season. Richard, start us off here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long season. It was a long COVID time, but uh, let's end the season on a good note, on a laugh. Um, So the first winner of the season that we're going to start with off is uh, Uncle Sharma. Uh, Back (laughs) back in August, uh, he says, uh, Orsato getting the Champions League medal before Juventus. Nice. (laughs) I uh, do remember that. I do remember <laughs> that. So uh, we had a uh, co-winner uh, a, here. This was from at Nicholas underscore Calcio. Uh, Suarez at his exam. We all remember the Luis Suarez uh, Italian exam scandal uh, back in uh, back before the season started when Luis Suarez was thought to be a target of Juventus. And there it is. It's Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Boppity boopity. <laughs> Oh, that's a great tweet. Great tweet. Hey, listen, if you're listening in the chat, uh, chime in when you, with your favorite tweets of the year uh, to help us pick the, the winner of this year. So, uh, Yeah, those of you in the chat, get back in here. Tell us, <laughs> tell us who you guys think are the, uh, is the grand champion of the 2020-2021 season. Um, moving on. Um, Looks like it's uh, at Fabianski, Floppy Hansky. So it's uh, Lazio allegedly interested in a 50 million dollar or 50 million euro deal for Mustafi. Medicals have already been scheduled to check up on Lazio scouting team's mental health. <laughs> you as a Schalke fan, knowing what you know now, I understand very well. <laughs> would have taken that 15 million and run like hell, yes, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So we now move on to uh, at Siavushvalahi. Uh, the Milan security team running in to reinforce the Champions League trophy <laughs> room when Agnelli comes visiting. <laughs> from Drew Carey. <laughs> from the Drew Carey show. Yeah, I remember uh, that. That was good. That, that was, good. was good. Okay, I don't have a clubhouse leader yet. So Not we'll yet. Not going. yet. All right, next one comes in from Alex Dano. It says, uh, we need to start investing in young players like you guys did with Paqueta and Piantic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Uh, still working on it. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, going to take a special one to get us there. Okay. Uh, Caserta Campagna gets in this time. I'm a Gobi boy in a Gobi world. Scudetti made of plastic. It's fantastic. Fearless, perfect hair. We've lost finals everywhere. Imagination, European domination. Oh. Okay, we have a leader. <laughs> we have a leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> oh, Very creative. So, Caserta yes. Campania. All right, I'm gonna, I gotta write these down just to... Yes, well, while you do that, uh, next winner comes in from uh, Art Morelli. Uh, he's first time on this, uh, on this countdown tonight. He says, I did my best to fix it for them. 38 Stronzi. <laughs> <laughs> we do remember oh. that one. Uh, let's see. Where is this? Did I skip you here? Hang on a second. Did I skip one? Saturn, you know the next one, I think, right? Oh, announced we have our first two time winner. Well played. There, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, Stronzi saw that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Just I got, I got ahead of myself here. All right. And uh, at. Uh, at Centurion uh, 96, uh, can't believe the hardest game Milan faced this season was Rio Ave. <laughs> <laughs> Back when Milan were going through their yeah uh, going through their struggles through the Europa League, so uh, uh, so Saturnian is on Saturnian got on the board plenty of times. Yes, uh, so that was one of his winners. Yes. All right. Next one comes from uh, at Tony Malay Seven says. Juve's only decent game this season was against Napoli yeah. when this when it was a forfeit, that forfeit game. Yep. <laughs> yep. Remember that one? Uh, Let's see right. here. Okay, so uh, at ASR Corvusud 1927, uh, this one wins. Uh, the referee giving the lollipop to the Roma kid and not the Milan kid. I think this was the uh, soft penalty. All the penalties, soft penalties in that game, yes. yes. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so that one, that one won from that week. <laughs> we had, uh, I think we had try winners that week. So yeah, you're about to read another one. Yeah. So here's another one from same, same, same person. Uh, ASR Cordovasud. Uh, it says Piero Giacomelli had a shocker tonight with all those phantom penalty kicks and calls. It looked like a classic Juve versus Juve game. Yep. <laughs> what we were hoping to watch and what we got <laughs> with Refusal. Yep. Uh, the old Juve badge against the new Juve badge. Yeah. So do remember that one. Yes. Well played. All right, uh, Free Range Rabbit checked in with us in uh, uh, at, at the beginning of November. Uh, at Free Range Rabbit, uh, imagine being so jaded that you find problems in a 23-game win streak with 10 different scores by a group of kids who still aren't sure how to make a decent plate of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> all the complaining about uh, all the complaining coming from Milan Twitter about yeah. how badly Milan was playing despite being undefeated for 23 straight. All right, next one is going to be new leader of the clubhouse, uh, Martino Puccio. Yeah. Uh, Milan entered the banter era. I'll fast forward here a little bit. Ah, well done, Martino. You gotta watch this whole video. It's a freaking a hilarious video. The subtitles. I mean, Martino really took the time in putting this uh, subtitles together. It's it's freaking amazing. <laughs> Talking about the banter era. Yeah. Montari uh, goal. Okay. Uh. Moving on to add fourth oh. into Haiti. One that's never gonna. One that's never gonna be not funny. <laughs> when they were going through their struggles at the beginning of the season, the Champions League. Fuck y'all so happy about. <laughs> So good. It's still good. It's never uh, going to be not funny. 
and we gotta find a way to make fun of them, even when they're champions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all so happy. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Yeah. All right, next one uh, coming from Reta this way. It says, uh, Parma, "Parma have won their Copa Italia match against Cosenza Official, uh, much to the dismay of Cosenza team president Eugenio Garcia, <laughs> who is also yet to be caught by Sonic the Hedgehog." Creative indeed. We oh, like that one. Yes. We like that one. All right, moving on. When a typo becomes this week's winner for Who Won Calcio Twitter, <laughs> Mark A. at AC Marouk. One thing that I never really understood about MT is why they love boners so much. <laughs> when he meant to spell bonetta. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> he corrected good. himself in the following one. And then I said, nah, nah, this is this is on the board. Yeah. This is on the board as it is. Yeah. So. Oh, that was good. Oh, this is a good one, too. All right, so this is uh, sound effects. <laughs> the header with the boiny sound when it's the top of yeah. the head. <laughs> oh, that's a great one by Raheem7II. Oh, that was a, that's a great All one. Right. So Raheem7II is in the house. On this yeah. One. Okay, so yeah. we've got... We've got four nominees. All right, moving on. We're going to keep this going. Oh. All right. At Gianluca 617. When you got to take a shit before dessert comes. It's <laughs> <laughs> Pavel Neves so pissed off. Oh, he's, in the, he's in the clubhouse, too. He's in the clubhouse, too. Oh, I guess we're getting some good ones now. We're getting some good ones now, yeah. Oh, man. All right. All right. Where are we at? All right, so next one comes in from Michael Lisi. Um, <laughs> best caption wins a signed Juve jersey. American tourist wins contest to pose with all of his Juve CL trophies from the current millennium. <laughs> uh, nice. Wonderful. Uh, yes, our good friend uh, Michael. Did you see his video? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. It was awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Absolute yep. cheers. The Zaniolo fan video is missing. <sighs> uh, that was our 2020 winner, winner of the year. Yeah. Um we'd yeah. love to see that come up again. Yeah. So uh but uh anyway. Yeah. Uh Sabrina Belmonte at Sabri B ten, our 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 good friend. Mm-hmm. Um oh dear, wins, losses, and draws. Here's the updated after seventeen match days, they have All the logos a wrong. handful of these logos wrong. Um, Roma's got the Juventus. Roman Juventus are flip flop. Atalanta's Napoli. Napoli's Sassuolo. Sassuolo is Hellas Verona. Lazio's Atalanta. It's yeah. I think I'm most of them wrong. I think only Milan and Inter are the only ones correct. They got Bologna right. Yeah. Ampdoria right. Crotone and Crotone's right. Said yeah. Quickly turned it. Uh, deleted this post, but Sabrina was quick and uh, got the snapshot of it. Bit of an oopsie there. So uh, uh, yeah. So we remember that one. Yes. Uncle Sharma uh, won again. Uncle Sharma, it says, uh, when he, it's uh, Vidal coming up to Pirlo after the game, says, we haven't even paid our wages, bro, <laughs> since September. <laughs> he got be teamed by volunteers. That was good. Uh, that was good. Our charms. We're going to put him in the clubhouse for that one for Vidal. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Are we moving on to the next one? Yeah. Buffonissimo 2001. Sandro Tonali highlights versus Atalanta. <laughs> 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 I just up as a witch chasing little kids around. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's good. All right, so Buffonismo's in there, in you know, in there. That's a good one. All right, at FCIM Thomas, um, 
if Lataro shot at Tupac, he'd still be alive. <laughs> back when oh, he was going dear. through his struggles. Yep. Yep, back when uh, back when he was short of form. So that was our winner that week. All right, let's see uh, what's the next one. All right, uh, at Lupo AS Roma says, uh, Jekko, just smile and get out of here as quickly as you can. Reynolds, bro, I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Reynolds, he uh, got some pitch time today. He did, he did. So, uh, at uh, Nick Zamb, uh, Syria as Star Wars characters. I'll start with an easy one, and he starts with Benedeski. <laughs> as Jar Jar Binks. Oh, yeah, as Jar Jar Binks. Since you all like that one so much, here's another one for today. Lazio has the Stormtroopers. <laughs> you got Slatan in there. You got Conte as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you got Don Agnelli. Uh, De Laurentiis. Yeah, it, this was a, this, this was, this was a uh, great thread. This was, this was a great thread. as Chewbacca. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's a great thread. That's a great thread. All right, so Nick Zam is... In the clubhouse for that one. That was a pretty creative one. Uh, all right. Paris Snitch is in the house. Uh, so this is the one he won on Valentine's. Uh, he said, I made some lovely interrelated <laughs> Valentine's Day cards. I miss you more than I miss a shot on goal. <laughs> and then uh, next one, Sensi. Seeing you makes my knees weak. Handanovic, your smile is the only thing that moves me. <laughs> Erickson, I would sit on the bench all day with you. <laughs> Hakimi, seeing you makes my heart race faster than me. And it goes so on and so forth. Meeting you was not a mistake. Call her off. This is a good one. That's, that's a really great one. And the Lukaku one, we'll just leave that one alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh <laughs> man. So yeah, he's he's on the board. You knew Paris. You knew Parisnich was coming at some point. That's right. All right. Moving on to Napoli Sansoni. This was back in February. Uh, he had a thread to sum up Napoli Twitter. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Depressed. We suck. We'll never win a Scudetto under ADL. Uh, and then, uh, you've got, and he's just, it's, it's, it's different Napoli Twitter and just kind of <laughs> describing what they do and what, the, how they sound off. Uh, logical. <laughs> we had a good time with that one. Yeah. That was a funny one. Uh, well, right, I don't let's... think, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Napoli guys have made themselves scarce here on social media and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that they did there cause they're all awesome people. So Whoa. at least the ones I know. I agree, I agree. Excuse me. So Football Italia had a tweet that said, uh, Juventus announced a member of their team group tested positive for COVID, but to clarify, he is not a footballer. And so they said, <laughs> so, and this Washington Dan says, Bernadeschi. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. Nice. Well nice. played. All right. Uh, so that's, uh, okay, that was this Washington Dan. Now we move on to Intervista. <laughs> same oh, tweet. The same thing. Hope Orsato is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. All, All right. right. Let's see. Uncle Sharma. Uncle Sharma. On International Women's Day is a picture of Berlusconi with flowers. Yep. Hey, Uncle Sharma, you should be sending us some money. Oh, my God. At this point. All right. Moving on. Hey, this was our winner when we had uh, Rafa on at oh, underscore underscore Nerat Zuri. Berlusconi's in trouble now. Oh, he's in trouble now, but he's still going. Milan season since December. Can he get around that corner? Yes, he can. This is fantastic driving. Look at this. He's fighting and fighting that soapbox. Now we go. He's going to flip over here in a second. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. That's a funny video. Yeah, that one is in the clubhouse, too. That was one of the funnier ones, for sure. All right. 
The next one comes from That's What I Said and says, uh, Paris Snitch and Saturn Onion sitting in bunker beds recycling each other's jokes with one hour difference will never get old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's uh, good. Throwing some shade at some of our, uh, our uh, repeat offenders here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, at Goatpard. <laughs> the next message. Paula Dibala 2020 21, all touches and season highlights. <laughs> Illegal touching. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Okay, that's in there. Okay, that's uh, you see you. Alex Donna winning again. Richard, take it away. Yeah, yeah, Alex Donna. So the original tweet was, uh, where can I stream Steady B games? Alex says, ask Juventus fan. <laughs> yeah, old zinger. I did happen Zing. to tell him I said it was a slow week for who won Calcio Twitter. You kind of <laughs> won by default. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So, um, oh, yes. Art Morelli. Oh, the time he took on this too. City B, Calciopoli. May 2006, Juventus became one of the five clubs linked to the Calciopoli scandal. So on and so forth. This is hilarious. I mean, the whole, I mean you have to watch this whole video. With the Star Wars theme in the background. Uh, really well done, Art. <laughs> that is easily uh, in the clubhouse. Yes, yes. Oh, I don't right. have a front runner yet. I'm just writing things down. We've got, we've got ten. We've got ten choice. We've broken it down to ten. Okay. Uh, okay. So Goal.com tweeted out, "Who is your favorite Juventus player ever?" So uh, San- Napoli, Napoli Sansone says Daniel Orsato, legendary wow. Juventino. <laughs> Calcio Twitter just, you know, as we've gone through this, we Calcio Twitter just continues to keep, uh, keep going with this stuff, don't they? Yeah. So. <laughs> What, they, they can't let go of the... All right, Don Pepino, <laughs> Raiola heading into Juventus' headquarters. <laughs> You've been giggling in the background. I know. They're laughing at this poor bastard. Oh, that's so sad. I hope it's their friend. I hope it's their friend. I hope so, too. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, at Inter's in my soul, Fiorentina versus every other team. Fiorentina versus Juventus at the Galacticos. <laughs> Yes, I remember this one. This was from a couple uh, of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. All right, now moving on. Art Morelli Winter back on the board champions. as a winner. Uh, Winter, Winter champion. <laughs> Rub it in. Oh. oh man, that was good. All right, at that Jack, at, at that Milan fan, Jake. Uh, first photograph of Mourinho inside Roma's trophy room. Nice with all the vegetation. Let's see how Mourinho does with Roma. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> at Sabura45, uh, Darby della Capitale, Roma, Lazio, uh, with Jekyll holding a baby, a Cherby. <laughs> yes. Oh, this dear. is last week's winner. Uh, that was pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. Now we're going to get into this week's tweets that we just added in there, uh, see if any of them are funny enough to uh, contend with the big boys, really. Honestly, uh, first yeah, this one, was not a good. If you if you're if you're jumping into this who won Calcio Twitter thing for the first time, this this was not the week to do it. You're, you're up against all. You're you're up against the, big best, the best from the season. Yeah. So. First one is uh, at D Russo twenty two thirty five breaking. Lorenzo Insigne is currently taking Italian classes so that he can reject AC Milan. Updates to follow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, uh, that wasn't bad, but it gets in. Yeah. Okay, uh, no way. At finally, Kais, Hakan Chalano, not followed by anyone. You are, you are blocked from ho- one, of ours, by one, of, one of ours. One of ours. He hasn't <laughs> won yet, but you know, he got blocked from Hakan Chalanolu. 
yeah that, that, that works out for us yes so yes all right martino puccio uh Skamaka's father leaving the trains in our Roma. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh yeah yeah that was good <sighs> uh, that was pretty creative um, all right, now moving on, uh, Alex Dono. I thought this one was their new kit. Uh, I think referring to Juventus. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Juve's home kit for next season is is here. <laughs> they showed the referee. Uh, Always, it, 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 we're, we're we're starting to uh, see that happen way too much right now with the Juventus referee reference. Yes. So, but uh, gift it, keeps on giving. It still it still it still gives us a chuckle here and there. All right, so at Farinho underscore 10 says, I, so which Youth Academy graduate are Juventus going to sell to Genoa for $60 million so they can pay for Ronaldo? Nice. <laughs> that's right, that's right. All right, so uh, that moves us on to... I got to work my way up here. All right, Atalanta Vegas is on the board. Yeah. Uh, oh, this was after uh, Lazio tied Torino. Sunday dinner going to be a bit... Tense at the Insagis. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, let's see. All right, so uh, the original tweet was uh, Football Italia, Gianluca Scamacca's father was arrested last night having entered AS Roma's training center, destroying four or five cars with a tire iron. He was an angry father for whatever reason. Yep. Uh, father gets a the nomination there. Okay, let's see. All right, you want this one? Where is the? Would, that was the one you were looking at, the Mark Strupa one, right? Or no? That no, was all oh, the football. Not... Okay, now I got the Mark Strupa one. Okay, at Mark Strupa. Sorry, Mr. Skamaka. There's nobody here named Larry, Mr. Skamaka. <laughs> Breaking out all the windows. <laughs> uh, this is what happens. Anytime when you... you drop a big Lebowski video, it's good by me. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, next uh, next one comes in from uh, Lupo A.S. Roma. says, Kamaka's dad should be put to death after damaging our beloved bonsai tree, the most prestigious Roma trophy in recent years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. Let's see here. So, uh, Sergio <laughs> underscore D. We've seen him on here a couple times. Uh, Bonucci talking to Dybala. So, I know a very good agent that you should consider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh man, they, they, this week brought it pretty good. I mean, yeah, they're not as good yeah. as the the best. Caserta Campagna made it back, huh? Uh, he did. He did. Actually, he nominated uh, at Steve V I C R N. It says, uh, "Oh, so wait, what was it? What did he tweet? Oh, no contestants." <laughs> so I'll translate for everybody. It says, uh, uh, "Quadrado is not alone in his species. There is also the opossum, which is also in case a threat former coma." <laughs> so every time. <laughs> Every time Quadrado uh, falls down the ground, he just acts like a possum. So he's dead. He's <laughs> <laughs> dead. Nice. Nice. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. <laughs> All right. We got Scott Monroe on the board. Yeah. How it started, how it's going. <laughs> oh, poor the fallen tree. bonsai tree. Oh, poor tree. <laughs> poor tree. All right, next one comes into from Daniel Lucic. Uh, Lucci, excuse me. He says, uh, hi, Jerry. Thanks for coming out. I got you a present for your troubles and tears. It's a picture of Lazio Merda. <laughs> uh, those who just love taking shots at each other. I love it. Insane. All right. Insane. All right. So, yeah, so they had Jerry on. All right, moving on. Michael is nominating Jerry. The guy Jerry ran... going after uh, Daniel now. Yeah. 
The guy ran half a marathon, took four selfies during the Copa Italia match, and now it's important to him. <laughs> so, uh, they're just going back and forth at each other. It uh, looks right. like uh, Jerry and Twitter, Jerry and Danielle, uh, Daniel, have their thing going, have a little thing going on. So nice little bromance. Yep. Uh, speaking of bromance, Matteo Bonetti getting on the act. Uh, so the original tweet was uh, at Pure Logic, and it says, uh, Inter in their best season, one trophy. Milan in their best season, zero. Juve in their worst season, two trophies. This game has serious levels to it. So Matteo Bonetti put him in his place and says, If you want to get technical, Milan's best seven seasons all included a Champions League trophy. But hey, whatever gets the instant engagement on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. Yeah, we got more. Yeah. It never stops. It doesn't. <laughs> At BLVCK Gianni. Um, okay, rivalry aside, what are your thoughts on NES as a football fan? And he says Marquezio was better. Uh, but then Spicy Turtle of 21 says, I love him, but uh, Andreas was a different gravy. <laughs> and oh boy. Uh, he responds to Spicy Turtle 21 saying, yeah, Marquisio is like your mother's gravy on Thanksgiving. And yes, is like gravy from the supermarket. <laughs> Shittier, but more popular. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. Uh, this one comes from uh, Anthony from Sempre Milan. says, uh, a volunteer bike shop. It's Conte's bike shop in D.C. <laughs> All right. Uh, Volunteer taking a dig at the pay thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Do we have All Jerry right. again? A GoFundMe page has been launched to help AS Roma save their bonsai tree. It was viciously attacked and needs to be replaced. This prestigious trophy has significant meaning to a club who hasn't won a trophy since 2008. Any donations are greatly appreciated. Oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. All right. Let's see here. We got one more. Inter is in my soul. They've been in, they've been in the mix before. Yeah, a leaked video of Juventus fans celebrating the Copa Italia with the rats. Is that the last one? I think that no. that's the last one. Hallelujah, we've gotten through all yes, of them. Yes. Um, for the week, just for the week, because we should give out a winner for yeah. the week. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Where are you at with the one for the week? One for the week. Um, well, I love people putting people in their place. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> I hate to do it. I, I'm kind of feeling the uh, the the J-Club response about Marquisio and Iniesta comparing the gravy. Okay. Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to go Don Tico, inner lover. Leak video of inter uh, Juventus fans celebrating Copa Italia with the Rats. I'll go well, with where that. Where is this thing here? That's Hold the, on. the last one we did. Why are we seeing more all of a sudden? People keep chiming in. Where? Stop chiming in. You guys are just confusing me. All right. Okay, so the Don Tico inter lover. Yeah. That'll be this week's, this week's winner, but let's pick the overall winner. Okay. Um... The one with the rats, huh? Yeah. Wow, I don't know if I can get there. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but it's kind of like cringeworthy almost, too. It is. Um, let me give it to... Where is it? Hang on. Not, not Lupo. Where's our guy that had the... 
the Big Lebowski one. That's the one I'm going Oh, yeah, for. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Okay, Mark Strupa. At Mark Strupa is my winner. Okay. At Mark Strupa. Okay. Uh, so that, that was my co-winner. And you said at Inter is in my soul? Yeah. Okay. Make a note of that. All right, so we are now down to our final 10. Do we have anybody in the chat chiming in trying to help us here? No? Okay, they're all kind of just listening and drinking. Yeah. They're too drunk to type. That's right. Oh, perfect. All right, so we have, we're down to 10. We're ha- we have uh, Concerto Campania, uh, Martino Puccio's Hitler video, Fourth Inter <laughs> Haiti, Raheem 7II, underscore, underscore, Nerazzurri, Art Morelli's uh, Juve Merda, Gianluca 617, uh, Arsh Arms, Vidal, Nick Zam, and then also uh, Paris Snitch's Valentine's um, uh, Valentine's Suite. Those are the 10 we're down to now. Now, I know we, lo- we love the Zaniolo fan one, but we can't watch it now, so we, it doesn't get to go in the mix. Doesn't get but to that one, again. like, for 2020. That one, like, for, like, yeah. the year for 2020. Yeah, yeah so. So that's, that's fine. We, we've, we've, we've given that one its due. So <laughs> The one that got me the most laughs tonight, again, uh, is Forza Inter Haiti. Fuck y'all so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just so good. Just Every time. A, just the pure anger just the pure of, a, yeah. of a fan, right? <laughs> um, it's there for me. I mean, let's see. So we've got that. Um, Man, but there's some there's some, there's some really ones, good man. ones. Morelli's Juve Merida was great. Yeah, it was brilliant. The Valentine's thing from I, I, let's get let's just jump it up. Let's just step it up and let's go to the guys who got creative here. Okay. All right, so we're gonna narrow it down to three guys. All right. All right. Martino Puccio's Hitler video on the Milan Banter era. Yeah. Yeah. Morelli's Juve Merida video, or uh, Paris Nietzsche's Valentine's thread. <sighs> That's uh, what I think. I mean, I love I love Forza Inter Haiti. Yeah. But. Yeah, I would go to one of those three. Those are three tough ones. I don't know. What do you think? If you're in the chat, let us know. Those three. Oh man, Um, I'm I'm conflicted. I I like all of them. Um, Can't do co-winners. Has to have one winner. Got to be one winner. Man, I I gotta go with Parasnitch. Yeah, I was kind of leaning towards him too, just because he did a whole thread of it. Yeah. Uh, the, other, the other two guys, I mean, they did gr- brilliant work on their freaking on their videos. The Juve Meta, the one by Art Morelli, and then uh, Martino with his subtitles as well. Uh, but <laughs> he made a whole freaking thread of it. Parasnitch did uh, take a time out of his busy uh, busy schedule or at school or whatever. So uh, yeah, I'm good with that. Parasnitch. All right. So I'm going to do that right now. We're going to top it. I want to congratulate Parasnitch, uh, our grand champion. For the season, yeah. Let me see if I can find his tweet now. I gotta find it now. I just found it. It was in February, wasn't it? It was around Valentine's Day. Yep. There it is. Come on. There it is. All right, there it is. That's the winner. Yeah. See, see, uh, George, George, the dumpster fire one. That was the one that uh, couldn't find the video on because it. Uh, that was the winner for 2020. So got a new winner. That was a funny video, but uh, we're gonna go with Paris Snitch for uh, for the tweet of the year because it's a whole thread of this one uh, from Paris Snitch. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> All uh, right, so Paris Snitch, our grand champion. Congratulations! The uh, 
the inter valentine's day thread is our uh, grand champion of the 2020-21 season but honorable mentions to forza inter haiti uh martino puccio's uh milan banter era video with uh uh with hitler and then uh art morelli's uh juve merda i think is just i think just so close oh yeah uh you know to, to paris niches but i'm gonna you know in in a season where inter have been champions they're they're champions of the who won calcio twitter as One well so congratulations to them. uh and then also for the week um uh richard went with inters in, inters in my soul um i'm going with uh mark strippa's uh video so uh for the week but yeah it was oh. it was amazing so yeah wow okay so, and now the time has come to put a bow on this season of city sit down season number five in the books richard in the books uh, yeah wow we want to shamelessly plug anything yeah yeah um, i'm gonna give a shout out to jerry who's in the chat uh, he helped me uh filled your filled your spot here last week uh, so thank you for that, Jerry. And I also want to uh, give a shout out to Inter Worldwide. They had me on as a guest on their podcast. Uh, Anthony, you know, great, 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 great work they do over there. So uh, yeah, I got to go on on the Inter podcast and uh, yeah, talk about uh, Serie A, not just Inter, but Serie A in general. So, uh, awesome. so please go follow them. And then as always, follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21 on Tuesday. I will be on with Matt Santangelo and Martino Puccio uh, on the Milan Reports podcast. Uh, looks like we're going to be recording that around 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. So uh, be on the lookout for that when that drops. Um, looking forward to joining those guys. I want to send a special thanks to Alex Donnell for having me on as his guest on Onside Radio on man of the match, uh, throughout the season. I hope I can continue to do that with you, my friend. Uh, I have a great time, uh, talking culture with you on your radio show and also answering some of the food, a foodie Friday questions and, uh, you know, and things like that. So, uh, so definitely appreciate, uh, all of that. Um, city, I sit down. We are on Apple podcasts. We, we have our channel there. We have our channel on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts, you can find city. i sit down. Um, at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram to uh, check in on us or to uh, drop any questions, any thoughts, any hashtag who won Calcio Twitter nominees. Um, as always, please keep those clean, keep them tasteful, but keep them funny. Um, and uh, we're also on Facebook, but uh, you know, we'll maybe once in a while pop in and, and check up on that one too. So, uh, but again, I'm at FTC underscore 21. Um, George, grazie. Thank you guys for another great season. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can get more involved in the weekly channel. That's fine, George. That's fine. We're glad, we're glad to have you. We know why you weren't around for a while. When they were in the drop, you weren't here. And <laughs> that's fine. We get it. Oh, yeah. um, I wouldn't either, uh, but, but it's what it is. Uh, everyone in the chat, awesome stuff, guys. Thank you all. And uh, to all of our listeners, uh, you have no idea how much your support means to us. Uh, we are nothing without you. And uh, as long as you guys keep listening, we're going to keep doing this. Richard, season six? Yeah, why not? Why not? We, we, we're already starting. We got to get to 200. I mean, we're ending yeah. at 194. So. 195. This is 195, actually. Oh, this is so 195? All right. Five to go. All right. Five weeks in, we're going to you know, we're gonna have the preview. And then after match day. I don't know. There's Euros this year, this summer. So maybe we're going to get it this summer. Who knows? Um. Ha, 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 ha.
Next was season. hoping <laughs> hoping to take the summer off. I'm going on vacation we'll, myself, so yeah. Yep, yep, we'll see. So uh, we might pop up here from time to time if there's uh, something earth shattering that goes on in the off season regarding Serie A. We may jump on and uh, <laughs> give you guys all notice, but otherwise, uh, we're uh, we're going to shut it down until next season. Um, we can't wait to get back on for season six. We can't wait to see how these teams shape themselves and. We can't wait to see spectators back in the stadiums uh, uh, and, and, and see City A getting back to what it really should be. So, um, you know, we got through it all. And again, to all of our listeners, your support means the world to us. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you to all in the chat. Thank you to all the watches here on our YouTube channel. Uh, it has been a pleasure uh, to break everything down for you on the City A front uh, for the 2020-2021 season. We will see you in August for Preview della Madonina if we don't see you sooner. Richard, I'm Frank, and as always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.